As you know, Gon was the son of a woodcutter, and a very good woodcutter at that, and he had learned his father's craft well. Even for his size, Gon could wield an axe as handily as any man, better than many, but you'd find no axe in the Dunderforce. Gon was welcome to forage for falling branches, and there was an end of it. Since Gom had already built one raft, there was no suitable deadwood lying around the landing place. So it took much hemming and hawing and heaving to haul some two dozen good tree limbs from various scattered places down to the river and line them up to size. By the time he had lashed them together and sealed the crevices, it was late afternoon. Hungry, tired, and smeared with mud and dust and sweat, Gorm straightened and gazed downstream where Wiccan had gone that morning. Hearing a harrier's cry, he looked up. Kiki! As it wheeled closer, Gom saw that it was not his friend, but a distant cousin of hers, scanning the water's edge for river rats. Shading his eyes against the lengthening sunlight, he watched its swoops, his mind elsewhere. While it might well take more than a day for Wiccan to return on foot, K.K. should have shown up by now. She must have found him, for he wouldn't have left the raft unless... Had Wiccan come to harm? There were many dangers out there, not least the river itself. If the raft tipped, Wiccan could well drown. Living in that mountain as he had all his life, it was unlikely that he'd learned to swim. With a prick of alarm, he remembered the rocky rapids. A good two-day hike south, but much less than that by raft. What if he hit those? No, Wiccan had to be all right somehow. Otherwise, Keke would surely have flown back to tell him. So... Why had K.K. not returned? Gom was dragging the raft down to the water's edge when the answer came. Wiccan was not coming back, and K.K. knew it. In that case, she would have no choice but to stay by him. Gom tugged on the raft, moving it in angry jerks down into the water. Reckless was the only word for it. The raft tipped, then settled, bobbing gently. Gom reached for the mooring rope and attached it to the peg. Reckless and cunning. Wiccan must have come to the bubble. Brought by the forest, no doubt. 
must have seen Rom sprawled there and had seized his chance. Rom stood back to survey his work. The raft was panning from side to side as if it too was anxious to be off and gone. Satisfied that it was secured, Gom went back to the bubble. Reaching the pile of gear, Gom noticed some was missing. A blanket and... Opening up his pack, he found his whole day's rations gone, save for two oat cakes. He took a rueful bite of one. Not that he could blame Wiccan. That one couldn't have brought much down from the creek. At least he wouldn't starve for a while. Frowning, Gom wished for the umpteenth time that he could go after Wiccan. But on the morrow, he had to go home to prepare for the river journey. He pictured Vala and Perwal at that moment racing north along the river bank. They'd be so glad to see Leanna, but his frown deepened. When they asked for Wiccan, what then? For some hours, Keke followed Wiccan, flying on ahead, then landing a short distance in front of him, over and over. I can't leave you now, she called. I'll not find you again. Then, this may not be the wilds, but it's still a dangerous place. Someone has to watch out for you. Upwards she went. Then down again. Besides, you're going in quite the wrong direction. This way, you'll only land in Sundor's mud. Still, Wiccan strode on. But he was slowing, K.K. noticed. That pack was getting heavy. And he must surely be in need of food. Drink, too, she knew, from travelling with Gom. Sure enough, Wiccan halted, and, going to the river's edge, stopped to drink. As he straightened, he noticed the length of his shadow. The sun was sinking fast. Soaring high, K.K. spied out a sheltered dip amid a clump of hobblebush. Back and forth she flew from Wiccan at the river's edge to that shelter. After a few times, to her surprise, he followed her down into the dip and looked around, evidently taking her meaning. Bay port! she screeched. This is a dangerous place means I'm off in search of supper. See you in the morning. In the shelter of the thicket, Wiccan scooped out a shallow pit 
just big enough to lie in. It was dark by the time he'd eaten a meagre supper. Wrapping the shawl about him, he lay down. Not that he would sleep. That bird had warned of danger. He could tell by her voice without touching her mind. There could even be chalk. Wiccan shifted to invisible, then shifted back. What was the use when those things could sniff one from a mile away? He got down again, but this time sat up, legs crossed, eyes sharp, ears cocked for the slightest sounds. And there were plenty. Raccoons, foxes, parsons, weasels and owls. All the night prowlers out to pack a layer of good warm fat against the coming winter. Hand to his knife hilt, we can listen to distant grunts and growls and squeals and squeaks. Something fluttered by overhead, rattling the leaves, setting the bramble canes a-swaying. Now, as you know by now, Wiccan was no coward, not one to go back on any resolution. But all his life, He'd lived within closed walls, with only the odd scuffle of a rock rat to break the night quiet. Never having lain out in such low and strange and open space, in that sleepless hour he began to wish for company, mayhap the company of someone used to such strangeness. Fugon, to be exact, a voice breathed in his ear. Wiccan, it's me. Gon, standing right beside him. Wiccan leapt up. I won't come back. You can't touch me. True. Gon sounded wry. See. Gon stretched out his hand. Stay back. Wiccan drew his knife, held the blade before him, a bluff, you understand, children, to keep Gom at arm's length. You are one stubborn body, Gom said. Look at this. Gom reached for Wiccan's knife arm and passed right through it. I'm here only in thought, Gom explained, through Wiccan's indrawn breath. The rest of me is in the Dunderfoss, just as I'd been picturing you, thought Wiccan. How did you find me? I was trying... Never mind. Kiki's with you, I hope. Wiccan stared past Gom. I was trying. Trying what? To find him. His thought. Wiccan, Gom's voice was sharp now. 
You must let KK bring you back. Gom rattled on, but Wickham wasn't listening. If thinking Gom had brought the wizard, then not thinking of him might well achieve the opposite effect. Wickham shut his eyes and pictured himself at target practice in the crib, the day he'd won Ethac's knight. The final round against the champion Baron, each making a perfect score. Ethac, bending down and taking something from his satchel, holding it out. A knife in its sheath felt dangly. He, Wiccan, staring dumbfounded. Ethac's dry voice. Well, do you want it or not? Laughter all around, good-natured for the most part, for who does not applaud honour fairly won? Wiccan standing up and repeating the ancient oath word for word. I swear before my hicksad to bear this blade with honour, keeping it sheathed at all times, wielding it only to protect myself and my kin. Wiccan made a small sound in his throat. He opened his eyes to find himself alone. Gom was gone. And wasn't coming back, Wiccan told himself. Whatever happened, he mustn't allow his mind to dwell on the wizard for any length of time. He sat, knife balanced in his hand, still in the icy heights. What do you think of your new knife, Ben? It's very fine, sir. Oh, really? And how can you know that when you have not looked at it? Ethac? "'Tis my own first knife that I got when I had learned to throw. "'I long outgrew its heft. May it serve you well.' "'Wiccan slid the knife back in its sheath. "'If you find your father, remember me.' "'For long, Wiccan sat staring out into the dark almost until morning.